All right, we are back. Springfield's Morning News. Jim Lee filling in for Greg Bishop. And often when I am out, our go-to guy to fill in for me is my next guest. He has spent the last couple of days down at the Capitol, always keeping an eye on Illinois government and politics for his uh, political newsletter, The Illinois, with a Z. Patrick Finkston live with us this morning. And Patrick, thanks for taking the time. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. How's it going? Doing very well, thank you. And thanks for uh, for joining us here this morning. Want to get your insight on some of what's happening at the Capitol here in uh, now less than a month to go. But I want to start with your uh, scoop from yesterday about uh, a central Illinois lawmaker who was going to pack it in after this term, Representative Dan Calkins. He's part of this very conservative Freedom Caucus. He's a representative from over in the Decatur area. Uh, and you noted that uh, he will not run for re-election after his current term. Now, apparently he initially and I didn't recall this, but he initially said that uh, when he first ran for the legislature, he would only serve three terms, which is a really tight you know, term limit to put on yourself. But he's apparently sticking to that. Is that the only reason he's packing it in? I, I don't think it's the only reason. Uh, it, it's, it, it's an easy answer as to why you're sticking to it, uh, of course. But um you know, he's not a young man. He's 76, I think, though, though, I think somebody told me a couple of days ago, you know, he's a he's a young 76. Uh, you know, he's a, a, a healthy, young, you know, or a healthy, active guy. Uh, so it's not like he's some doddering old man around there. But, um, you know, I, I think the reality is that he was drawn out of his own district. His his old district got got kind of blown up, um, and he he had to run in a district in which he doesn't live in. So so he kind of faced the choice of uh, do you move uh, out of your house in Decatur that you've lived in for thirty years or whatever, and 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 go run for reelection in a a new district with with you know new constituents and and try and you know, kind of reset your whole life at 76. And, you know, especially when you're a Republican in the super duper expialidocious minority in Springfield, you know, is there a lot of incentive to stick around for that? What, what does this say about the future of the Freedom Caucus? Like, like you said, uh, it's never easy being in the minority party in Springfield, being in a super minority where you can be freely ignored, and then really being the minority of the minority caucus in as much as the, uh, the Freedom Caucus uh, tends to set itself apart even from some in their own party. Uh, is this a, a sign that uh, they, they've kind of recognized that they don't have a whole lot of influence or they're not? making much of a dent in uh, operations at the Capitol? Well, the the reality is that they are more an established part of the Republican caucus uh, now. The new leader, Tony McCombie, has a far less adversarial relationship with, with the conservatives in her caucus than Jim Durkin did, uh, partly because there are just so few Republicans left in in. The House Republican Chamber Caucus that that she kind of has to sing kumbaya with everybody, uh, but you know they 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 wield more uh, more influence inside the party than than they have at any point, and I think probably formalizing themselves along with the you know national freedom caucus clowns that uh, that like to to scream and shout and actually do nothing of substance is has probably helped them raise their profile, uh, though, you know, 
if you're ever looking for a group that's going to be serious legislators uh, who are going to get serious things done, especially with with the the majority Democrats rolling their eyes at these guys every time they they turn their mics on, uh, that's that's not going to happen at all. I have to wonder how many verses of Kumbaya are going to be sung after your edition uh, today of the Illinois newsletter, in which you uh, you noted that uh, the House GOP leader Tony McCombie, she is uh, of course uh, just recently uh, put in that position, but said she'd be open to uh, having a pro-choice suburban Republican run for the legislature. Legislature up in the Chicago area. I can't imagine that's going to sit well with a whole bunch of her caucus. You know what? I think, I think they, I, and I'll probably dig into this a little bit, but my assumption, knowing a lot of these folks as I have for, for many years is, is that I think they're starting to come to the reality that legislators need to fit their districts. Um, and, and that, you're not going to elect Blaine Willauer and Chris Miller to legislative seats in Naperville. You know, they they have to find a bigger tent. And and I think some of them are starting to get that message, especially after they've been slapped upside the head the last five election cycles in the state. So I, I don't know that they're quite as... Uh, opposed as you may think they are, uh, but but then you know, say you uh, bring a a moderate pro-choice suburbanite in, you know, you have to work with that person and you know not shout them down in caucus meetings, and that's you know, theory is is probably easier than than action in 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 that instance you know you're you're closer on the ground to a lot of these folks than i am most days and and so you you're seeing it up close but this is the party that nine months ago nominated darren bailey as their statewide standard bearer so i I mean uh, have we really seen that much of a transition in the mindset of illinois republicans in that span of time no, I'm talking about the 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 members of the caucus who understand that if they're going to be relevant at all ever again, that that they need they need people who are going to be uh, more representative of the districts that they they want to represent. When it comes to Republican primary voters, I don't know that they're getting the message. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily saying you've got to elect. Um, you know, a a or you've got to nominate the most moderate, squishy, uh, Mark Kirk style, you know, candidate in the world in a in a Republican primary to win. But you need somebody who can at least uh, can at least push a message, can articulate a message in the suburbs that doesn't scare the heck out of people, and that's the the message they didn't get from Darren Bailey. There were a lot of factors about Darren Bailey um, that, that that he won that primary that weren't because of Bailey. One was Trump. Uh, two was Ken Griffin being such a terrible candidate. And three was J.B. Pritzker dumping, a, dumping a, a truck of money in to help Darren Bailey in that primary. So there were a lot of extenuating circumstances that helped Darren Bailey become the standard bearer that was more than just this giant groundswell of support for uh, for for the 
you know, the, the crazy guy from the South. Uh, and just as a quick point of clarification, Ken Griffin wasn't a terrible candidate. He paid for a terrible candidate. Richard Irvin, I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, yeah. that's, that's okay. Talking with Patrick Finkston of the Illinois political newsletter, you know, and uh, obviously what happened uh, last year in the GOP shows that uh, it, it's hard not to just throw red meat to the base. We see it on the other side as well. Today's edition of the Illinois talking about the House Speaker Chris Welch uh, suggesting that he might put a uh, constitutional amendment on the ballot next year about protecting abortion rights in Illinois. We are one of the, uh, the the most progressive states in the nation in terms of access to abortion and protecting women's rights in that regard. And yet, uh, Chris Welch thinks that if we put it on the ballot, uh, it might give people even more reason to come out in a presidential election year and, uh, and, and get his uh, loyal base to the polls. How do you think that's going to play out? So... What I'm going to say is counterintuitive to the narrative the Democrats are trying to to spin out there. But um, abortion was not the driving factor in in Illinois in 2022. Uh, Crime crime was was what we thought would be uh, at the top of the list. The economy was what we thought would be at the top of the list. But uh, what ended up really pushing uh, numbers in in November, and we saw a poll uh, shortly after the election on this, were, were guns, uh, specifically the Highland Park incident, and two were were more of the extreme January 6th style people and 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 extremism that that drove people to vote for Democrats more than it was abortion. That just fired up the people that were already going to come out and vote for Democrats anyway. So I don't think abortion is going to be the driver that uh, that the Democratic establishment thinks it is, uh, especially if they go too far. You know, I, I think you're going to get to to a line here where even your 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 moderate suburbanites are like, all right, guys, we 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 get it. Uh, but you know, I and and you and I see the world differently on this issue, and that's fine. We're grown ups; we could do that. But but I I, I do think there's there's going to come up a, a critical mass here where where maybe maybe it will be a little too far for maybe some of the the moderate voters out there. You know, and I, I think that is something that uh, a lot of folks on the right cling to. is like, oh, now you've gone too far. But the reality is I, I think most of the positions that Illinois is staking out for itself, these are the mainstream positions. You know, and a lot of times it likes to get painted as, oh, you want to, you know, have abortion up to eight months and 29 days. And that just doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, and this is why, again, I think people are rejecting some of the extreme rhetoric I think I think I think I think that like the parental notification bill is a perfectly valid reason for someone to say that that's too far, you know, whether you agree with them or not. And it's, you know, my uh, my bouncing young child is a boy. So he's you know, it's the the notification issue isn't something that's going to be in my my life anytime soon. But it's it's you know, but I, I can understand why you know why someone says listen that's that's a step too far because it's taking me out of my child's life you know i i i can understand that position and 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 you know where we go from there so i I, I understand what you're saying, but I do think that there are lines where people can say, all right, this is a little too much. 
Patrick Finkson with the Illinois. Before we let you go, uh, we are scheduled for a pretty early adjournment in Springfield, May 19th. Uh, what are the big things you're keeping your eye on over these next several weeks? What are the potential ticking time bombs out there or the possible uh, surprises that could spring up at us? Well, I think you've got to, you know, as always at the end of a session, keep an eye on the budget. Uh, you know, the both COGFA and the government governor's office of management and budget uh, have have indicated that they're expecting a revenue drop off um, because of a, a pending recession. Uh, we don't know, obviously, if or when that's going to happen, but. Uh, if you see the state's pool of revenue, expected revenue, uh, drop below the the fifty billion dollar level that it's been at the last few years, and and you see all of these financial pressures, whether it's you know Medicaid programs, whether it's pensions, wh whatever you know, what all, all of these these added pressures, plus all the extra spending these new progressive Democrats want to do. You're going to see uh, not only Republicans screaming because they're not really a part of the discussion at all, but you're going to see some huge internal fights among Democrats about, all right, guys, we only have X amount of dollars to spend. So, so there's there's going to be a lot of a, a lot of ideas left on the cutting room floor, and and I don't know that you're going to have a lot of happy progressives if that if that happens. Of course, a, a Bears stadium is going to be uh, an issue that 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 keeps coming up, and you know who uh, you know Democrats have seemed pretty. Um, pretty quiet on the BIPA issue, the the biometric uh, information bill that that you know the the lawsuit that cost White Castle a gazillion sliders. It got uh, me a four hundred dollar check from Facebook, so I'm you know I'm I'm down with it. Sure. So it, it's but you know there's there's a lot of stuff that probably needs to be addressed with that law that that was passed I think during the Blagojevich administration. So so that's going to be a, a you know one that needs to be addressed, but I don't know that they have the answers on it yet. Get these insights and much more delivered to your inbox with the Illinois political newsletter. Patrick, how do people find out more about the Illinois and sign up for it? TheIllinois.com, that's I-L-L-I-N-O-I-Z-E.com, little subscribe button in the top right of the screen. Patrick Finkston with the Illinois Political Newsletter, as always. Thanks for your time.